podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton. Mike Duffy and James Batchelor. We're here with a brand new podcast for you guys this week. A um, little bit different this week. Um, instead of giving a reaction to the 4-1 FA Cup defeat to Leicester City, we're going to be previewing the Newcastle United game in the Premier League this weekend. Um, reasons behind that, all three of us didn't watch the game. <laughs> as simple as that, really. Me and James, we were both ill, so we couldn't get around to watching the game. And Mike, um, he... Uh, managed his Sun Saturday League team to an eight nil victory at the weekend. So congratulations to that, Mike. Um, so yeah, we're going to be previewing the Newcastle game instead because, if we're totally honest, we can't give a reaction if we've not really properly watched the game, and that would be unfair to you guys, listeners um, who listen in week in week out. So we're going to give a preview of the Premier League. Who wants to listen to a four one defeat anyway? Um, not really anyone. Um, and as you can probably tell, the intro is a little bit different. I'm doing it. Mike's not doing it. You're not hearing a Birmingham accent, which is probably good for a Watford podcast. Um, going forward, maybe Mike not be available as often as he has been lately uh, due to working commitments. Um, so now and again, Mike might not be involved in the podcast as much because he can't watch the games. And then for him to be a host of a podcast, he wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. And we totally understand that and respect his decision for that. So um, I've said I'll more than welcome to stand in and help Mike out and attempt to be a host. If I'm as good as a host as what Mike's done in the last 18 months, and I'll, I'll be over the moon with that. Um, so it's a little bit out of my comfort zone, but I'm going to give it a go. Um, never say never. Um, I might end up being a little bit better than Mike. <laughs> looking for his reaction there's not much there <laughs> um but yeah um mike wanted to say a few words quickly as well so i'll just pass you over to mike mike how are you doing mate yeah no i'm doing very very well thanks there was uh, probably a collective sigh of relief from the uh, whole of hertfordshire when you said that ben about you hosting going forward and not having to listen to my brummy <laughs> accent but uh yeah it's uh no in, in all seriousness obviously as you say commitments unfortunately i didn't watch the Unfortunately, or fortunately, I didn't watch the Leicester game at the weekend, and uh, it's quite a common theme for me at the moment. I've I've just not been able to watch as many games as I would have liked. Uh, I've not been able to get to as many games as I like. I've only been to two games this season, and both of those was because of bizarre circumstances. So, uh, and I don't know when the next game I'll be able to go to. As you say, works manic at the moment, and I manage a football team in Birmingham on Saturdays. They kick off at two. And I live in Nottingham, so I'm always travelling. So, um, as you said, you know, I'm not completely leaving, but I'll only really be able to make the, the podcast when I've actually watched the game itself, which 
um, will generally tend to be TV games and, you know, even then hopefully I'll be able to watch them and uh, everything else. But, uh, yeah, you won't be hearing my voice as much as you have been for the last uh, almost two years now um, on this podcast. And, you know, this isn't a goodbye or anything. You know, I'm just stripping it back in terms of the the role that I do on this podcast and um, I've I've loved hosting it for you know the the two years almost two years that we've been doing it but uh, it's time to pass the baton over as they say and uh, Ben I'm sure you'll do an absolutely marvellous job uh, and James obviously uh, who is here and if you're watching on YouTube you can see he's here uh, but if you listen to the audio you don't you won't know he's here already uh, well you will because Ben said it but um, yeah. It's, uh, I, I, again, not saying this is a goodbye, but I, I just want to, you know, thank everyone for the support that, that's been given um, over the sort of course of the two years uh, in regards to the, the podcast and hosting. But, yeah, I, I just think that I can't really host a podcast based on a football match that I haven't watched. And uh, it, people may have noticed, they may not have noticed, but a lot of the podcasts this season have been me winging it because I've not watched the match and I've merely going off the five-minute highlight reel that the club put up on YouTube. So it's extremely difficult. I don't want to bring this podcast down purely because I can't get around to watching matches. Um, so I, I thought, yeah, it's on to hand the baton over, so to speak. But other than that, it's all been good. As you say, one 8 nil at the weekend, which was brilliant. It was a, a bit of a derby game for me. Uh, I've also, as well, funnily enough, on the topic of Watford, uh, signed a new lad for my team in Birmingham who's moved to the area. And he's moved from Watford and he's a Watford fan. So I don't know if he listens, but uh, Ed Rogers, if you're listening, can't wait to see you uh, make your debut, mate. Uh, But yeah, just uh, a a small world and it keeps on getting smaller, as they say. But uh, yeah, other than that, it's all been good. Thank you very much, Ben. And uh, yeah... (sighs) I'm looking forward to the week ahead. I don't know. My heart is going to be racing. The Newcastle game will have me pulling my hair out, no doubt. I mean, I, I, I'm probably not going to be able to watch it, uh, but it's it's going to be nerve-wracking. I'll be checking my phone every two minutes, that's for sure. But, yeah, uh, all good in, in a roundabout way. So, yeah, thank you, Ben. Good stuff. Well, like we say, thank you very much for everything you've done on the pod lately, sir. Massive thank you, mate. Um, James, you are yeah, here. I'm here. You've got a voice. <laughs> um, so yeah, going forward, me and James are going to be doing the podcast and taking it week by week, giving you content each week. Uh, and then when obviously when Mike's available, he'll be coming back and hosting on the games that he has watched. But yeah, let's speak to Mike, uh, James to see how he's doing. James, welcome um, to another Voice of a Vic. Um, you, you're moving up the ladder. Mike's moving down the ladder. How do you feel? <laughs> Uh, I feel absolutely fantastic. I'm delighted Mike's gone. You know, I've been waiting for this day for, for a very, very long time. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Of course I'm joking. Look, gutted that Mike's not going to obviously be available for, for, you know, for many podcasts to come. But as he said, he, he'll be on 
as and when, which which is obviously good to hear, good to hear. And yeah, I'm doing well. Um, obviously, um, as you guys both know, I've been ill the past couple of weeks, not with COVID. Um, I'm not sure what it was to be honest. It was like this horrible fluy type thing. Um, so I'm still only really just getting my voice back now, which has been a little bit frustrating. Um, but yeah, I'm doing very very well. Obviously, delighted to be on here uh, with Ben. Obviously, going forward, we'll be the two. Um, new regular um, you know, hosts, if you will. Um, and one thing to note, actually, on Thursday, um, we're recording this on Tuesday. On Thursday, I'm going to the FA um, Youth Cup between Watford and Chelsea at Vicarage Road. That's free to season ticket holders. So looking forward to that. Uh, get myself out of the house. So all was good. Um, and yeah, as Mike said, just basically, you know, big week ahead for Watford. And yeah, what we got, Newcastle, Burnley, Norwich. I mean, <laughs> I'm, at, I'm bricking it, to be honest with you. Yeah, like you've just listed there, James, massive week for Watford. We've um, got three games in a space of six days. Um, three games against teams all below us in the table. Yes. After those three games, are they going to be above us? Um, I don't know. That's what we're here to discuss, really. Um, so both. Um, let's talk about the Newcastle game at the weekend at St. James's Park. Both sides have just experienced FA Cup disappointment. Newcastle losing 1-0 away at home to uh, League Two side um, Cambridge United. And Watford obviously losing 4-1 away to Leicester City. Both teams will be looking to bounce back this weekend, Mike. Some people are calling it a six-pointer. Would you go as far to say is it six-pointer at this stage in the season? Uh, 100%. Uh, 100%. I can't remember. I think it was uh, Ricky at the 1881 Club podcast account tweeted earlier. And James, I think you've done this similar tweet on the uh, Watford Way Twitter. Just basically asking fans what what they think the next three games will bring in, in terms of points. I said that we have to be looking at nine points. Not seven. We have to be looking at nine. Because they're the bottom three. If it was maybe one team was in there that was thrown in that were above us in the league, then yeah, possibly seven, possibly five. But because they are the bottom three, we have to be looking at nine points. The Newcastle game is such high significance, even this early on in the season. And we pass the halfway stage now. So that's why it's, it's crunch time. And um, my, my worry is with Newcastle being at home, Newcastle are signing players, well, they're, they're signed the seconds tonight, or all but signed the seconds tonight. Um, you know, they, they've pretty much got a blank checkbook in regards of money they can spend, and they're trying to get numbers through the door desperately for Saturday. My worry is uh, if if the Newcastle fans can get behind their team because they're at home, that could potentially win them the game. It sort of echoes a little bit of the Aston Villa away game the season we went down. I firmly believe that their fans were a big factor in winning that game for them, other than us, you know, throwing it away. Their fans were a massive, massive factor. And I worry that if we're not careful, we'll be on the end of a, a similar sort of defeat on Saturday. We have to, it's it's all about how we start on Saturday. As, as obvious as that sounds, it couldn't be any truer for, for the Newcastle away. But it, 100%, it's a six-pointer for me, Ben. It's, it's how the boys react now, isn't it? After the, the defeat at Leicester, um, obviously that's Watford's seventh defeat in a row now. 
um, with one FA Cup defeat and six Premier League defeats in a row. Um, Newcastle are currently 19th in the Premier League, played 19 games and are on 11 points. Watford have played 18 games, are 17th in the league and are on 13 points. So we've only got that two points gap above Newcastle. James, do you see this game against Newcastle being bigger than the Burnley game Tuesday and the Norwich game on Friday night? I, th- I think I think they're all big in, in their own sense. I think the Newcastle game is probably bigger because there's a lot of um, media focus on them at the moment. I think a lot of fans are probably gutted that this game um, isn't televised actually because in terms of you know More the relegation is. battle, it's, it's it's absolutely it's absolutely mental. So you just say it's televised. No, I said Mike wished it was televised. Oh, oh sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Um, but yeah, look, it, it, of course, it's a massive game. The Burnley game's massive. Norwich is massive. Um, I think we can make the games less massive if we get a result against Newcastle. I think if we get a result against Newcastle, whether that be a draw or a win, that does you know ease the pressure a little bit on on the Burnley and Norwich games. But you know, they are, all three of them are absolutely massive. But even even if we lost all three, I don't think you can write off. Uh, the season entirely. I think that, you know, we're only relegated when we're mathematically relegated. Um, that's how I look at it anyway. Um, but obviously, look, I mean, they're, they're absolutely massive and, you know, we just can't afford to lose the games. You know, I can take a draw here and there, um, but, I, you know, I don't want to get smashed by Kieran Trippier and Chris Wood, let's be honest. <laughs> Mike, you, Mike, your reaction there, um, do you feel a bit different there? Yeah, I, I think if we, if we were to, I know it was uh, more a figure of speech than anything there, James. But I think if we lose all three against the team in the bottom three, we are in big, big trouble. Like, we, A, won't deserve to stay up, and B, we'll have a mountain to climb. Do you um, think Ranieri think, goes if that happens? Uh, if we if we were to lose all three of those games, I think Ranieri would go. We've brought in defensive um, reinforcements. Now, granted, some of them won't have played. I know Kamara was on the bench against Leicester. Uh, I don't think he came on. I could be wrong there, but I don't think he came on. Samir wasn't in the squad. Um, so we're bringing in defensive, um, you know, recruits. And we brought in the uh, the young chap. I can't remember what is that. K- KMB as well, the defensive midfielder. So granted, they, they'll have to come in and hit the ground running because, you know, they're three massive games, season-defining games. But if we lose all three... I think that Ranieri will get the sack. Um, you can. I've said it time and time again. I've said it on this podcast. I've said it on other podcasts that I've been on. You can see what Ranieri is trying to do with this squad. The only thing letting him down is the defence. We've brought in defensive reinforcements. No truce to Kong. So, and and I must say as well tonight as well to give truce to Kong a bit of credit. He did shut out Mo Salah tonight because they have beaten. Uh, Egypt 1-0 in the African Cup of Nations and apparently had a decent game. So credit where credit's due. But no truce to Kong. So those Watford fans that aren't keen on him or his performances for Watford, we can't blame that. Samir coming in as well, um, you know, to hopefully shore up that defence. I just think that if if we were to lose all three, that, that would be absolutely disastrous. And I just could not see any scenario where there is a slight positive to take from losing all three of those games. So, yes, I think Ranieri would go. Um, I wouldn't take a point at Newcastle away. Yes, the old cliche is win your home games, draw your away games. But I just think that 
up against a team like Newcastle, we have to be winning. Um, like Newcastle and Burnley are both on. I want to say they're t- they're only two points behind us. So, yeah. you know, a, a point there, yeah, it will still be a two point gap, but. We, we, we just we just have to win and start making up a bit grounds because at the moment it is desperate times and I'm just hoping that these new recruits can come into the squad and really hit the ground running and I'm really looking forward to seeing this Samir. Uh, you know, Udinese fans weren't happy at all that they'd uh, shipped him over to Watford. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm very happy about that. But yeah, I, I'd, I wouldn't see a scenario where Ranieri would be in the job if we were to lose all three. It's it's going to be difficult if he ends up losing all three games. That's a lot of pressure on Claudio Ranieri, and we've seen how trigger happy the Pozos are. Um, so I, I wouldn't like to see him go, but I wouldn't like to see us lose those three games as well. Um, if we do end up losing those three games, you just you just know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the new signings for Watford. Um, we've obviously gone in depth with them before, um, gave our opinions on the new signings. But isn't it a big task to throw them in in such an important game so early on in their Watford career to play Newcastle away with fighting for their lives? We've obviously signed um, Kamara from Nice, Samir from Indonesi, and then Idu Kambi um, from the Belgian League. That's a massive ask for them to come in playing Premier League football for the first time experiencing English football and then to play away at St James's Park. That's, it's going to be tough, right? Yeah, but they're professional footballers. Like Samia has played as recent as not the last game through the Nazi. I think it was a game before. I think the only worry is surrounding Kamara. I don't think he's played as much this season, if if my research is correct. Uh, I don't know about the young Kayembe. And also, how is he only 23, by the way? Uh, he looks <laughs> about 50-odd. But uh, that's a bit rich yeah. coming from me. But um, yeah, I, I, Samia, I expect... It, they're just going to have to adapt to the surroundings. I'd imagine they're being put through their paces at training. Uh, they, you know, try and keep them up to date with, you know, how we're trying to play and what we're trying to do. And this is the way that we do this. This is the way we do that. But they're professional footballers at the end of the day. They get paid a lot of money. They have to adapt. Uh, and, you know, if you can do it against the teams where it's a scrappy game, then, that you know, you can do it against anyone else, really. Uh, James, I don't know if that's what you were going to say as well. No, it's slightly no, I was going to say, yeah. you know, in terms of the new signings, I'm, I'm really excited about about Hassan Kamara. I think he looks like a real, um, real talent. You know, he's come from Nice out in France, and you know they're one of the one of the better teams out in Ligue 1 in France. And you know, he was there pretty much their starting left back. Obviously, he, he's not made. Um, I think he's only made 11 appearances so far this season. A couple in the Europa League as well. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really excited about him. I was hoping to, to see a bit of him against Leicester, um, but understandably, obviously, Ranieri didn't want to risk him. He didn't risk uh, Dennis either. Dennis sat out, sat out of that game as well. Um, I think another topic of conversation that I've seen on Twitter quite a lot as well, um, and you know, we still have to bring this up because I do think it's still an issue at Watford, but whether we resolve it in January or not um, is another question, and that's the, uh, the goalkeeper situation. Um, obviously, we've—I mean, me, Ben, Mike—we've all debated quite a lot about who's better, Daniel Batman, uh, Ben Foster, who should start for Watford. Um, but actually, I, I was kind of just lying in bed the other day, and I come to the conclusion in my head that actually both of them aren't really good enough for for what we need right now. So I'm 
you know, posing the question whether, uh, you know, obviously we've got um, a Koye coming in in the summer, but do we get a lone, a lone goalkeeper in for, for the rest of the season? Or is it something that, you know, you wouldn't look to prioritise at the moment? Firstly, James, I, I was worrying where you was going to go there when you were saying you were joining. So thankfully, you decided who's a better goalkeeper for Watford. Well, neither of them are. So I'm glad you came to that conclusion, and we didn't have another uh, another issue on the voices of a Vic. Um, but yeah, like you say, we've we've signed a new goalkeeper, Coy, who's going to be coming in at the end of the season. It's unfortunate that he's going to have to see out the rest of the season over in in Holland because ideally, like you say. We, we need a new goalkeeper now. Um, I, I rate Batman and Foster both in the same category. I don't think they're good enough for Premier League football now. Um, if I have to pick one, it'll probably be Ben Foster over Daniel Batman. So if 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 I could, I would, I would look to bring in maybe a goalkeeper on a six-month loan deal, um, knowing that we won't be able to play them next season because we've got a Koi coming in. If I'm looking for a goalkeeper who needs minutes under his belt and not getting games for their club, I'd look no further than Dean Henderson at Manchester United. Yeah, I think the only problem you'll find with Dean Henderson is he will be on the best part of 100 to 150 grand a week. Uh, and, you know, the Pochos won't spend that sort of money on wages, uh, especially because the last time, you know, it, it was made clear that. You know, last time we got relegated, there was few, you know, quite a few senior members of the the squad that didn't have a, a clause in the contract to reduce their wages. You know, I think Troy Deeney was still on the same money. Andre Gray, I think it was reported, he was on eighty grand a week in the Championship. Uh, you know, that that's allegedly that's not you know one hundred percent fact, but. Um, yeah, and obviously that's the problem that surrounded Will Hewson in a new contract. Is we we put in a clause to say if we get relegated, you, you're going to take a big pay cut. So to to be looking at signing someone where the, the wages are going to be in the region of 100 to 150 grand a week for a goalkeeper, I just can't see it happening as much as I would be very welcoming of that signing. I just can't see that happening. So um, I I think um, I, 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 I disagree with what you've both said so far. I think Dan Backman isn't good enough, in my opinion, and you've both said that. I do think that the last few games before Foster got injured, he showed that he was good enough to see out this rest of the season. I thought, other than conceding the goal, obviously, against Arsenal, I thought he was brilliant against Arsenal. Let's not forget the Newcastle home game. If it wasn't for Foster, we probably would have lost that. Yes, there were question marks over the goal for Longstaff, I think it was, that scored. Uh, Question marks over whether Foster should have saved it. But um, I think that Foster was showing some brilliant form and then unfortunately got injured. You know, as soon as Foster's back, which I think is in January, his return date is, uh, I'm expecting a tweet sort of any day from now till sort of Thursday with the latest injury news. And I'm expecting hopefully Foster to be in contention for the game on Saturday. If he is, sod it, throw him in. Yeah, he's been out injured for so long, but I, I just something for me, it it's not clicked for Backman whatsoever. He's tried, but it's not clicked for him. We've given him his chance, you know. He, he did superbly for us last season in helping us get promoted, and we will be internally grateful for that. But he's tried in the Premier League, you know. We give him a run of games at the start of the season, and then he sort of fell off the ball a little bit. 
also didn't do too great for Austria in that international break. And then Foster got his chance again. And I think Foster grabbed it with both hands after that Arsenal game. He was superb. So I would uh, I, I would disagree and, and say that I think Foster can see out the rest of the season for us. But is the injuries or the regularity of the injuries a sign of his age? Could it be that he maybe is susceptible to getting injured a bit more because of his age now? Uh, but I, I do agree that we do need another goalkeeper in um, because obviously we've got Okoye coming in. Dolberg, a decision is going to be made on him later this week, I think, about him being sent back possibly from uh, Doncaster. He's fallen out of favour there. Um, so I don't think he's going to have a future at the club, unfortunately. Backman, I wouldn't be surprised if he moves in the summer. Uh, I don't see him moving in January purely because of the lack of goalkeeping options we've got. Rob Elliott, I think, signed a two-year deal. His his role is very much behind the scenes. He's he's your Gomez, he's your Gil Martin, it's someone to sort of buzz around the changing room sort of guy, uh, and then Foster as well. So, yeah, I would like to see another keeper come in, but as long as Foster's going to be fit from January, I don't think they'll bring another keeper in. The update we had on Foster last week on, on the, the team news for the Leicester game was that he was back in training after recovering from a groin injury and he was getting closer to full fitness. So you'd think maybe another full week of training, he'll be in contention to being in the squad. Um, personally, I'd like to him to come straight back in to take that starting lineup, but I'm not sure whether... Claudio Arrhenio would do that. Also, more team news that we've obviously seen today on Watford Twitter. Um, Watford admin, I think they've um, upset Nigeria yeah. again, haven't they? Um, we've seen that Emmanuel Dennis has returned to training uh, and could return for the Newcastle game after recovering from a slight knock that he picked up at the Spurs home game. So, James, that's a relief to see Emmanuel Dennis back on the training field, isn't it? Yeah, it's a relief. I mean, I, I think Watford probably, um, you know, over-exaggerated the actual extent of his injury. I'm sure if Claudio Ranieri wanted to, he could probably have played um, in that Leicester FA Cup game. But it was obviously apparent to everyone that, you know, he is our best player at the moment. Obviously, it's Nyla Sars out injured. So, you know, Emmanuel Dennis is, is the guy we, we are relying on. So, um, so, yeah, not surprised really to see, see that he's available. And, you know, it's, only, it's only a positive going forward. And, you know, to be honest, you know, in the next week or so, we'll, we'll see if Watford um, have been justified in their decision to keep him from going to AFCON. Because if Emmanuel Dennis scores the winner um, against Newcastle, against Burnley, um, then then our decision, or, or Emmanuel Dennis's decision, we, we don't know what's gone on there really, but the decision would have been justified. So, so yeah, really excited to see him back. And, and hopefully the decision does get justified um, in, in the next week or so. And one player that we learned that won't be available for the Newcastle game, and he's out until March now, Mike. Nicholas Nkulu, um, it looks like it's taken him a lot longer to recover from his hamstring injury than first sport. At first, we, we heard he was going to be back maybe end of December, early January. Now we've, we've found out it's going to be March time now. Surely he's not going to be included in the 25-man squad for Watford. No, he, I'd be very surprised if he was. Uh, I think I can't remember who it was. It was possibly Lou Orns put a graphic out, or from the rookery end. I know they like doing that, but there was a graphic of the um, the squad we've got at the moment, and basically saying we're going to have to cut the squad down by, you know, maybe four or five players to in order to meet that twenty five man squad. So yeah, you know, just off that, you'd obviously not include Nkulu, and that sort of 
one less awkward conversation to to have with a player. Obviously, the stuff going on with Danny Rose as well. Uh, we'll we'll work in Watford's favour in terms of the twenty five man squad. Uh, I'm I'm gutted to be honest. You know, I know we we've only seen him momentarily come on against Everton. I think he, that was when he first made his few minutes for Watford and. Um, that was when the comeback started, I think. I think that's when we, we started the comeback. So, uh, Magic and Kulu on his debut. But um, I thought against Arsenal, him and Kafka, I thought they, obviously we lost 1-0, but I thought they were solid, you know. And I was really looking forward to to seeing what Nkulu could bring. Uh, obviously, Ranieri's worked with him before, so he knows how he works. But, yeah, and then we've heard rumours about him possibly going back to Udinese, but this has now obviously confirmed that he won't be going anywhere. And it's a shame. Uh, I think it sums up Watford's luck in the injury department. You know, you, you bring the player in to cover for injuries and then he goes and gets injured till March. So, uh, you know, it couldn't be any more Watford if they tried. But yeah, I'm good. Uh, but I'm glad that we've brought in a centre-back, you know. Um, I, I'd be more worried if we hadn't brought one in and perhaps we're relying on Cabaselli, who's coming back from a, a long-term injury. But... Yeah, got it for him, and I'd be surprised if we see him in a Watford shirt again, if I'm honest. Yeah, it'd be a shame not to see him again in a Watford shirt, but totally understand where you're coming from. And I think most Watford fans will feel the same. You, you can't afford to give a squad player a position in that squad when he's injured till March. You've got so many games to come between now and then. Um, but let's focus a little bit on Newcastle now, James. Um I've seen that any new signings at Watford or Newcastle would have to make um, to register him in time to be eligible for the game on Saturday would be noon on Friday. And obviously, just before we came on air, um, they've just met the release clause for Burnley striker Chris Wood, um, which I believe is £20 million. They were desperate to sign a striker before we played them, weren't they? Yeah, this it, it does concern me. I mean, I do not really rate Chris Wood at all. I mean, if you offered, you know, Watford the chance to sign him, I'd probably say no. Um, I think it's a bit odd. He's got a release clause for for £20 million as well. I don't know where that's come from. I don't know whether Burnley have negotiated that in 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 the past couple of days, knowing that Newcastle are going to make an offer. Um, But yeah, I mean, look, it's obviously concerning. You know, Newcastle could bring in another player before we play them on Saturday as well. I think they've been, um, can't remember the guy's name, but Fabrizio Romano mentioned another name. Um, as well before we came on air. So it's very, very concerning. Um, you know, will he start in the game? I'm not so sure. I think that, you know, he's not even actually officially signed for them yet. And we're, we're, we're at Tuesday evening. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too concerned. Um, but it does show, obviously, their intent, you know, their willingness to, to spend the money, something that Watford don't have. Um, and, you know, Newcastle suddenly getting a billionaire, billionaire owner isn't really what, um, Watford would have wanted uh, going into this transfer window, so it's an interesting signing for them. I don't, I don't really think it's going to be, you know, their long-term strategy to to be signing Burnley strikers. Um, but you know, they they need a striker, you know, at least until the end of the season. So I can kind of understand um, why they why they've done that deal. Yeah, I'm kind of glad and not happy as well with Newcastle signing crew. Chris Wood, obviously it makes Burnley weaker when we play them soon, but it does make them a bit more physical and Watford aren't great with physical at the moment. Um, we've seen Siriota pull back um, Vestergaard at the Leicester game the other week and we, we kind of struggled against those kind of players. 
Um, a few injury news for Newcastle. Callum Wilson's out injured, which is a relief. He always scores against Watford. Isaac Hayden's also out. Um, Fernandez is out the centre-back. And also Jamal Lewis is also out and will miss the game. Javi Makiro, um, that's my butchering of the pronunciation. Um, he will be missing a game after picking up his fifth yellow card of the season. So he's currently on a one-game ban. Um Eddie Howe will be attempting to secure his second win as Newcastle manager. Newcastle, they got a blank check, but Mike, they've got Eddie Howe at the helm now. We drew with them, drew with them, one one at the Vic earlier. Are these this Newcastle side now more fearful than what we had to play against back earlier on this season? Um. Good question. Good question. I, I mean, any Newcastle side without Callum Wilson is less of a threat. Uh, I, I think he goes under the radar a little bit. I, I think Callum Wilson, as much as I despise him, purely because of what he used to get up to at Bournemouth with his diving antics, and you know, I think Eddie Howe's tried to bring that in a little bit at, at Newcastle as well. Uh, the the theatrics have been there to see. Um, he's a good finisher. I'd take him at Watford all day long, every day of the week, twice on a Sunday. Uh, he's he's been, you know, chosen by England for for that reason as well. Uh, I know it's only been friendlies, but uh, he should have been in the England conversation a lot sooner than he was. So you know, the fact that they've not got him, brilliant. But they have got other players that can make the game tick. I mean, you, I was hoping that you, in that injury news then, Ben, you'd be reading out Alan St. Maximum's name because I know he did pick up an injury, but he obviously played against Cambridge, ultimately in which they lost the game against Cambridge. Um, I must say as well, whilst we're on the subject of that, uh, I know James mentioned about getting a goalkeeper in. That Cambridge goalkeeper was absolutely superb and apparently it wasn't a one-off. I've seen Cambridge fans saying that people have finally seen what he's able, like what he's capable of, uh, and I think he's only a young lad as well. So um, maybe it'll be interesting to see maybe where he ends up, especially after that performance. But yeah, uh, going back to your question, um, would I say that they pose more of a threat? Uh, I would possibly say so because you don't know what business they're going to be able to do from now till Friday noon when the deadline is. They've brought in Trippier. So that'll shore him up down the, the down, down the fullback side. Um, Chris Woods is expected. I've just whilst James was speaking, I was just checking Twitter to make sure they hadn't officially announced it. And Fabrizio Romano said deals to be announced this week. So I would be very surprised if it was announced or signed after uh, noon on uh, Friday. So obviously Chris Wood brings in a different dimension in terms of a more physical side. So yeah, I would say they're more of a threat. Um, you know, Samir's going to be providing his starts, which I fully expect him to. He's going to be in for a tough debut, 100%. You know, the the, the fans, 50-odd thousand fans at St. James's Park up against a, a you know, proper old-fashioned striker in the form of Chris Wood. Um, yeah, I would say they're more of a threat. And they're more of a threat as well because they're at home. You know, you've seen the bad sides of Newcastle when things aren't going their way. Their fans make the owners know about it. You know, you saw endless protests against Mike Ashley and the fans, you know, hatred towards him. My worry is, flip side of that, if they're behind the team and things are going well, then it could be a real, real 
big atmosphere. So yeah, it's it's going to be a tough game, and I'm fully expecting it to be tough. I I, I, I tweeted about it um, when I tweeted back that tweet I was on about about how many points do you think we'll get in the next three games. Um, I think I said, I think five, but we need nine. Somebody said about the Newcastle game, the first goal in that game wins the game. And I think he's right. If we score the first goal, their fans get on their backs and it could turn toxic. Uh, but if, if we concede the first goal, we've got a big mountain to climb. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting that you say about the atmosphere at St. James's Park as well. I, I don't know what, um, I heard something the other day, I can't remember if it was on Twitter or if it was on the radio station, but they was arguing why all these big pundits are so in Newcastle's favour and saying about Newcastle fans are the best in the league. When his point was, the moment something bad goes at Newcastle, they're on your back straight away. They don't give you time. They're impatient and they're just, they're an angry bunch, pretty much. They've not had success for a while, but they, they, they deem excess, uh, success. They, they think they're a Liverpool. They think they're a, a Manchester United, when really they're not. They had a couple of good seasons under Kevin Keegan. Before that, tell me about their history. What else have Newcastle really done? Um, I don't think they've won many trophies in their, in their career. So I don't get why they demand success and why they have to be the best fans in the country when the moment something goes wrong, they're, they're on the players' backs. The treatment they gave Steve Bruce the start of this season and the end of last season was absolutely disgusting. And to see the way he was treated was just awful. Um, so I'm not going to be now. I don't think Newcastle fans are the best fans in the country in in a long way. Um, James, Alan St. Maximum, how do we deal with him? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously, did you? I don't know if you went to the the game at Vicarage Road then when um, when yeah. we with Newcastle one one. But that day, like he was literally, um, he, he, like I was watching him and he, he was running around the pitch like he was messy, and we just we we just couldn't really um, deal with him at all. You know, Ben Foster made that one on one save. Um, you know. I mean, St. Maximin should have had two or three goals that day, but I think that that's been his issue at Newcastle. I think his, his finishing um, isn't as, as maybe clinical as, as they'd like it to be, especially for, for the positions he gets into. I think sometimes um, he does maybe one one trick more than he should when he should lay off the ball or, or take a shot on. So I am worried. I don't know how to deal with him at all. Um, so, yeah, that's why I'm not a football manager. Um and yeah, I just how do we stop St. Maximin? I, I I really don't know. But I think the positive for me is he pretty much is their only threat. So if you nullify him, um, you, there's not really anyone else I'd, I'd particularly um, focus on that's that's going to score them loads of goals. So so yeah, just try try and nullify him as much as much as we can, and, and hope he doesn't you know cr- create something that that could lead to a goal. Yeah, he can definitely create something out of nothing. He can um, quick feet, pace. I don't like it when he gets in the penalty box as well because up against our defenders, you just know it's going to end up in the penalty, don't you? Um, Batman come charging out, taking him down as well. Um, I'm having lots of nightmares at the moment about St. Maximum. Um, Mike, how did Watford line up against Newcastle? What would your starting eleven be? Um, I would go with, uh, if Foster's available, stick Foster in. Um the left back situation, obviously, um, Kamara. Um, it would be Samir and Kafka are 
the two centre-backs. And I would say, um, purely because he's more defensive, I would go Jeremy and Gakia. Um, Kiko Femenia, I just worry, would get caught out too much against the likes of St. Maximum and whoever else is on that. You know, left-hand side for Newcastle. Um, I would go Sissoko cleverly. Uh, and I would go the the new lad. I keep forgetting his name. Um, Kmbe. Kmbe. I'll go him. Him and Musa Sissoko have them two sitting deeper, um, and then possibly having some cleverly just because of you know how how eager he is to close the ball down. I would not. I would one hundred percent not be against seeing João Pedro in that number ten role. Uh, by the way, so you know it's a toss-up between Cleverly and, and João Pedro, uh, and then the, the the front three would be um, the three. It's a little bit difficult because um, you know you could possibly move Pedro out wide, but I don't think he's as effective there. Um, purely because we don't really have anyone. I would say it would be the usual uh, Chucho. Dennis and King up in the front three. So that's how I would line up. Um, yeah, that's how I'd line up. James, would you change anything to Mike's team? Would you go something different? Uh, I, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. I, I, I agree with the back four. I agree with the goalkeeper. Um, you know, I think Jao Pedro has to start. I tweeted that out on my on my personal account. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously got undoubted quality. And to be honest, you know, in, in the past couple of games we've seen him, he's been pretty much um, the best player on the pitch. So I think Jao Pedro is a must start. Um, Ozan fans should not be starting uh, Watford matches for me. I think he's, you know, absolutely dreadful. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I, I, I don't know how reliable this is. So you, you're going to have to let me know if you saw it or not. But apparently, um, if Watford get relegated, we have to pay... Um, something like 10 million euros to, to keep Ozan too fan. I don't know if that was maybe mistranslated um, through language barrier or something, but but that does concern me as well. Um, and yeah, largely I, I agree with Mike's team, so not really um, not really much different to me. João Pedro has to start though. What about you, Ben? Yeah, what what would you say? Uh, 100% agree with James there. Um, João Pedro has to start. Is he's, he's so talented? I don't know if you boys have seen it tonight. Uh, Musa Sissoko came out and say saying that his favourite player at Watford is actually Joe Pedro. And it's not the first time he's been highlighted by a fellow Watford player. And Danny Rose said he was the most impressed by Joe Pedro when he joined the club in the summer as well. So there's something there. There's a player there. And I think he's got the right manager behind him to try and get him out, uh, get that player out of him. Whether it's at Watford or if he moves on to another club, I'm, I'm going to enjoy watching his career because it's such a joy to watch, isn't he? He's so talented. It's not like, a Richarlison where he throws himself to the floor and whinges constantly. We've got a player who's he's an honest player. Um, he could have gone down in the box the other week to win a penalty, but he tried to stay up on his feet. Um, I, I just love what Joe Pedro brings to the side. Um, but yeah, my starting eleven. agree with you guys. The, the goalkeeper, it's got to be Foster. Uh, I'll keep the same back four. Um, KMB has to come into the side and we need that number six. Our defence has been left open by the midfielders lately and we need that assurance in front of them to try and help them out a little bit. And I don't think we've had that lately. We've played Sissoko there. We've played Toothan there. They're not number sixes, are they? They're not the defensive midfielders that we need. So um, I'd go Kayembu. Um It's going to be Sissoko. Also, I'll, I'll probably go Cleverly as well, Mike, with you. Um, 
I'm with James. I don't want Ozan Tufan to really put on a Watford shirt again. I, I don't see what he contributes to the team on the ball, off the ball. Did you, did you see should. that thing? On, did you see that thing <laughs> I mentioned about the ten million pounds? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. I, I think it, it's got to be a miss um, translation. Surely Watford haven't agreed to sign in a player on the back of relegation for ten million pounds or ten million euros. It must be the other way around. Where if we stay up, we play, we pay the clause. I mean, e- even if that happened, I wouldn't agree with it. But that 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 would be the only way it would make sense in my head, anyway. Yeah, Fenerbahce have pulled down Watford's shorts there on us for for us to pay ten million. Whether we stay in the division or get relegated, is it's not worth ten million. I'd, I wouldn't give you ten grand for him. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and then my front three, it, it would have to be Emmanuel Dennis, Joshua King, and Jal Pedro. You can't keep out the side, so he'll be starting for me. Um, but let's let's do some. I'll I'll do some quick stats before I get your score predictions, uh, and then we'll finish the show. Um, I, I've seen that in the last six games at St James's Park, Newcastle have picked up six points, winning one, drawing three, and losing two. Um, Watford on their last six away games have picked up six points as well. Um, they've won two um, at Norwich and Everton, and lost the other four. Um, so I think this has got a one-one draw written all over it. Um, Newcastle have conceded 42 goals this season in the Premier League. It's the joint most with Norwich in the league. Um, and Newcastle have only kept one clean sheet this season. Um, Watford yet to keep a clean sheet. They've conceded 36 goals this season, which is the fourth most in the league. Watford has scored 22 goals this season, though, which is the 13th highest in the league. Um, Watford have lost six of their last Premier League games, though. Saying all of that, Mike, do you have any hope for a result? What's your score prediction? I I, I know I said that. I'd, I mean, listen to that's proper bleak, any you know, uh, not a clean sheet so far this season. Oh Jesus! And we've played Norwich as well. Uh, no disrespect to Norwich, we played Newcastle. You know, we've we've played everyone. Um, well, most teams once. So I don't think I think Burnley's the only team we've not played, and Palace. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know I said it needs to be three points and I still stick by that, but uh, I can see it being a, a 1-1 draw. I, I I don't mean to be boring and go down the middle and sit on the fence, but I just can. I can see possibly us taking the lead, but I can see us being under the cost for the majority of the game, especially if we take the lead early doors and Newcastle just knocking on the door. I can see it very much being like, we get a goal sort of, first 20 minutes or so and the rest of the game is like the Tottenham game where it's attack v defence ultimately and then we crack in the last sort of 10-15 minutes and, and they nick a goal to equalise uh, and, and we'll just be gutted uh, so I'm going to go 1-1 unfortunately and I, I reckon that um, I reckon that you know what I, I'm going to I'm going to go ballsy on the, the scorer I think Samir's going to score from a, a corner and he'll, he'll mark his debut with a goal. Interesting. I love that. Something out of the blue. Um, James, score prediction, are you a bit more hopeful than Mike? Yeah, a lot more hopeful. Um, well, <laughs> I say a lot more hopeful. I usually give two score predictions. I'll, I, I usually give one which I hope will happen and one which I actually think will happen. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping Watford will, will win comfortably 3-0. You know, very, very easy, relaxed game from Watford home, put my feet up lovely jubbly um however um i do agree with mike i think that 
you know, the, the pressure on both teams is, is going to be ridiculous. Um, you know, Newcastle um, and Watford will both want to win the game, but equally, you don't want to commit too much where you leave yourself open at the back, which ultimately um, will end up leading to a draw. So I think we might keep a clean sheet, um, but I think it might be quite a dull nil, nil draw, unfortunately. See, I'm going to go for an entertaining 2-2 draw. I, I can't see us keeping a clean sheet. I can't see us keeping a clean sheet for the rest of the season. Um, and I, I can see us scoring against Newcastle. Them only keeping one clean sheet this season and conceding the most in the league gives me a bit of faith that up the other end, we'll, we'll do what Watford have been doing this season. We will score goals. But unfortunately, I don't know if it's too early for us to get a, a cemented back four where they're going to be quite solid. I think it's going to take time for us to get those clean sheets. Uh, I can see us conceding, but I'm trying to be hopeful and aiming for a 2-2 draw, sir. Let's see how it pans out. But yeah, boys, thank you for joining me tonight um, on the latest episode of Voices of Vic. If, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, um, comment below if you've liked the video um, on Spotify. Don't forget to um, leave us a rating or, and tell your friends about the Mike Duffy stepping down and you won't be listening yeah. to his introduction anymore. Um, no, on all seriousness, um, it's been it's been a good show. I've enjoyed it. It's been um, I've been nervous all day about doing this um podcast. Um, when me and Mike started this podcast, I I I was a bit reluctant to do it, but I knew I had to build up my confidence because I've got a wedding coming up soon, and I'm gonna have to stand in front of lots of people to do a speech. So when the opportunity came up to try and host a show, I thought, okay, um maybe I can boost my confidence a bit more and I'll be, when it comes to the day, I'll, I'm going to smash it. So fingers crossed, this is going to help in that, um, in the lead up to that. So yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, and me and James will be back at the weekend to talk about the Newcastle game. Mike might be available. We'll discuss it later on near the time, but yeah, thank you for listening and um, come on you ones. <laughs>